Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. I hope you've had a great week. I hope you've had time to spend with the Lord and into His Word. And I really hope that you've kind of been able to put into practice some of the things that we've talked about around being led by His Spirit. I cannot stress how important it is to be able to be led by His Spirit in this day and time and really allow Him to frankly, be Lord of your life and not just your Savior or your salvation. Amen. So today, we're actually going to shift gears here, and we're going to look at something a little bit different, and we're going to talk about spiritual authority. And we're going to talk a lot about where authority is derived from, what causes authority. Um, We're going to talk about today, talk about specifically about how the authority is derived from Christ. And then ultimately, we're going to go into how to exercise that authority in our own lives, and then also how to submit ourselves to authority, um, which is just as important. Because as Samuel told Saul that the spirit of rebellion is akin to witchcraft, we must understand that all of us have authorities that are over us, whether it be spiritually or whether it be naturally. We all have a boss at work. We all have someone that we're accountable to there. If you go to a a church on a regular basis, you have a pastor who's your spiritual authority um, in the local church. But even pastors have spiritual authority that they're subject to, whether it be the evangelist, the the prophet or the apostle. And that's really how it's been set up. In the local church, the apostle would be subject to the pastor in the local church. However, from a spiritual authority standpoint, outside of that local church, the pastor is actually subject to the apostle. And basically the way that God did that and the way he built that up is because he wants us all intertwined and subject to each other's authority. And it's really important that we understand this because God gives grace to the humble but he resists the prideful. And understanding that can really help us in our daily lives. Because if we're prideful, then we're going to reject authority. We're going to think that we know more than authority. And we're going to try and exercise things outside of the way that God has established it. And that's something that, frankly, we just don't want to do. But Ultimately, we really want to make sure that we understand what authority is, where it's derived from, how it's used, how it can apply to our everyday lives, and how to really subject ourselves to the spiritual and natural authorities that are over us in our lives. Amen. Before we jump into our scripture for today, uh, again, just a couple of housekeeping items here. Again, all of our scripture comes from the New King James Version. Again, if you want a copy of a New King James Version Bible, just shoot me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I will make sure to get one into your hands. And again, don't just take my word for any of this. Study to show yourself approved. Go study the scripture, find out for yourself, pray about it, and ultimately follow the leading that's in your own life because we're ultimately responsible for ourselves and responsible for our own actions when it comes to Christ. Ignorance is not an excuse, and we don't want to follow people that we don't believe are speaking the truth. So please, don't take my word for it. Go ahead, check your scripture, check yourselves, and follow Christ and follow the leading of the Spirit in your own lives. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump straight into our scripture. Our base scripture for this series is going to be from Luke 22 and starting at verse 24. And it says, now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, He who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. 
For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not the one, not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as the one who serves. But you are those who have continued in me, or with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, Jesus here to the Last Supper, and basically he's telling them, look, the greatest among you needs to serve. Okay, and Jesus laid that out in his whole life, and we're going to talk about that here in a whole here in a second. But we have to understand first where does spiritual authority really come from, and Jesus lays it out best in John chapter twelve, verse forty-four through fifty, where he says, "Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me, and he who sees me." sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, and whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, But the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak, and I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Amen. So all of Jesus Christ's spiritual authority comes from the Father. It was the Father's pleasure to give Christ all preeminence and all authority. Now, that's authority whether it be inside the earth or whether it be above the earth. It doesn't matter on the earth. Jesus Christ has all authority. Again, as the Word of God, as the living Word of God, you know, His very being holds and his words holds the foundation of the earth together. So as we understand where his authority comes from and that it comes from the father, we must then also understand that the father had all pleasure in giving him the preeminence of it or to make him the firstborn of everything, the firstborn of, of all those that would believe, the firstborn of anyone out there so that he could really have the authority right? Think about it in the house, right? The father has the, the ultimate authority in, in the household. If you go based upon upon scripture, the father has the ultimate household authority in the household, followed by the mother. And then ultimately, the oldest child then has the ultimate authority. And sometimes when the father and mother want to go out on a date or they want to go out and they want to leave the kids at home, what will they do? They'll put the oldest in charge, right? And the, they'll pass their authority down to the oldest child. Similar here, right? Except that we have a big brother in Jesus Christ that has been given preeminence on everything. Now, husbands, that doesn't mean that you need to go and lord over your wives. And there's a whole other section and a whole other uh, sermon about that that we're not going to touch on today. And and it really needs to be a partnership and you need to work together. But but we're not going to touch on that today. That, that's a whole other section, a whole other thing for, for us to discuss. But I really want to focus here on the on the preeminence of, of Jesus Christ. So if you go to Colossians chapter 1 and 13 through 18, the Bible says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by Him 
all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. Amen. So here we understand that it was Jesus Christ's authority, that he was given power and authority over thrones, dominions, and principalities. Okay. So that means everything in hell. That means Satan. That means all of his things. That means every nation here on earth. That means all the things sitting on earth here. And that also means everything in heaven, right? All the dominions, all the powers, everything that he had that's in heaven, Jesus Christ has preeminence over, right? So Another example of what you can, where you can see this is with Pharaoh and Joseph back in the book of Genesis. So if you know the story, Joseph interprets a dream for Pharaoh where there's going to be seven years of plenty, and then there's going to be seven years of famine. And ultimately, the Pharaoh bestows Joseph all authority to prepare for this famine. And he basically says that you will have all authority and you will be second only to me This is what Pharaoh says to Joseph in the kingdom. And then what Joseph does is he goes and he executes basically the plan for them to be able to have food during this time of famine. He stores up in the plentiful harvest to prepare for the seven years where there was going to be drought and famine. And ultimately leads to a reconciliation of his his family and, and ultimately to the children of Israel being in Egypt and then turning into slaves and then ultimately into Moses, right? But regardless, here, that's an example of the preeminence of Joseph in the land of Egypt is a picture of the preeminence of Jesus Christ that he was given by the Father over all things. Amen? So, Understanding that Christ's authority comes from the Father, and the Father being the creator, the the all-giving God, the one who sent his Son to die on the cross for us, and basically overarching everything that is him, by passing that authority down to Christ, Christ then has all authority. Amen? So, what does that mean? That means that all authority here on this earth is then derived from Christ. Amen. Take a look at Luke chapter 4, 31 through 37. And it says, Then he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbaths. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was authority. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second, because his word was authority. Up until this time, Everyone was kind of preaching and teaching based upon the law of Moses, upon the prophets, upon the Psalms, upon those written texts that they had, and they weren't using their own authority or they weren't using the authority of God, but rather they were using the authority of Moses or the authority of Isaiah or the authority of you know Jeremiah or whatever it was that they were reading. So they weren't able to establish their own authority in God or their own authority on earth, but yet here you have Jesus flipping the script and saying with his word being the authority on this earth. Amen. So it says, now in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? 
I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So you see, even the demons inside of that time understood the authority that Jesus Christ had, the authority that was placed in Jesus Christ and given to him while he was on this earth and even now to be able to say, we know who you are, you are the Holy One of God. And then in verse 35, it says, but Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is. For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the report about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. Now, Jesus Christ exercised his authority and his power. He has the authority, he has the right to be able to tell these spirits what to do, and he established it there. Now, I always find it interesting that when Jesus rebuked this spirit, he said, be quiet. And the reason he told him to be quiet is because it wasn't time for them for him to be known as the Son of Man or the Son of God or, or as the Messiah, right? This is still early in in the mis- in the ministry of Jesus Christ. But we have to understand, though, that all authority is derived. So here we see it over the powers of Satan and over the powers of, of these things. So in Matthew chapter 7, and looking at verses 28 through 29, this is after Jesus had just, a, just finished up the Sermon on the Mount. He says, the scripture says, and so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Amen. So this establishes the fact that people knew at the time of Jesus Christ that he had the authority uh, on this earth. People knew that he had the ability and the that he was given the authority from his father up in heaven to do what it was that he would do. Amen. So let's talk about a little bit about what Jesus said about his own authority. So in John chapter 5 and verse 25, and sorry, well, we'll start at verse, at verse 24. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. So Jesus here even establishes himself and says, look, it is not even by the authority in Christ, but the authority that's been derived to me and given to me by my Father. Amen. So in doing that, authority is derived from Christ because he exercises the authority of the Father. Amen. Understanding all of that, okay, we have got to understand that with great authority comes great responsibility. Amen. Jesus Christ went about on this earth for three and a half years, three and a third years, basically healing the sick, 
casting out demons and serving and ministering to the people. What we've forgotten here is that for those that are have great authority or those that are leaders or those that, that have been charged, we are not supposed to be haughty. We are not supposed to be lifted up. We are not supposed to have any of that in it, right? If authority is, is derived from Christ, what did Christ do? Christ said, no, it's not my own authority, but my the authority that is my Father's in heaven. But yet the Father had every pleasure in giving Jesus Christ preeminence. Amen? But the humility inside of Jesus Christ would not allow him to become haughty and lifted up to say, yes, this is my authority, and I'm going to say X, Y, and Z, and that's what's going to happen. You don't see any pride inside of Christ. You don't see any aspect of self or any type of ambition or wanting to be lifted up. You see, that's how we're supposed to be when we're looking at at the spiritual authority that's been given to us. We are supposed to be humble before God and humble before our fellow Christians and humble before each other. Why is that? Because we can't lift ourselves up. Again, God resists the prideful and gives grace unto the humble. We have to understand that because if we begin to say, yes, I have all authority in Jesus Christ, which you do, But if you begin to become prideful in that, then you're not going to see any of the, you're not going to be able to exercise basically that spiritual authority. Let's look back at our, at our starting scripture here. And what is that? Luke chapter 22 and verse 24. It says, now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger. And he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as one who serves. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom just as my father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Amen. So again, what is Jesus saying here? For those of us that have been bestowed authority, and every single one of us has the fullness of the authority of Christ, if we believe, and if we just and if we exercise it, which we'll talk about next week. But ultimately the ability to be humble with that understanding begins to overtake and becomes more important. Because if we're not humble in the things that God has for us, then how can we ever expect to grow in that authority or for him to trust us with even more things, right? When you kind of see this with the different stories and the different parables, if you take the parable of the talents, he says, because you have been faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over much. But part of that faithfulness comes when we start looking at things from a humble standpoint. And yes, we have all authority. And yes, we have authority that's been given from Christ. But we must understand the humility aspect of this. And Jesus Christ gives us a perfect picture here. And it's in John chapter 13 and verse 12. And it says, So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. 
You see, I'm going to stop there for a second. Because just because you have to have humility doesn't mean you don't recognize who you are in Christ. There's a big difference, okay? Now, the difference here is that you don't go and you don't tell everyone what you are in Christ. If God wants to reveal it to someone, they'll reveal it. That's why I have a serious issue about people going around saying, I'm bishop so-and-so, or I'm pastor so-and-so, or I'm apostle this, or prophet that. There's a pride in offering that title before. If God's made you that, then great, but exercise humility. And if people need to know or need to establish that, then God can reveal it to them, right? Otherwise, go about your ministry and go about the work that Christ has for you in a way that you need to. Don't be trying to lord it out because in front of others, because you have your reward at that point, you've got the recognition. That's not the point here. The point is to go about in your ministry, and the point is to show humility in exercising the authority you have, not to go out and call yourself apostle such and such or prophet such and such and pastor this and, and and all these other things. That's why even when I pastored, and I don't say this to lift myself up, but even when I pastored, people would call me and say, say pastor said, nope, I'm Daniel. That's who I am. I am Daniel. Why? Because just as Jesus said in Luke 22, the one who sits at the table is the one that that is greater, but yet Christ came into us as a servant. And that's how we need to be. Let him who is greatest among you serve the others. But again, it doesn't mean that you don't know who you are in Christ. You can know who you are in Christ, but yet still exercise that authority and have that spiritual authority, but then ultimately show humility in the aspect of it and not allow yourself to be, you know, to put on the business card, I am pastor this or profit that and and avoid all of those types of things because all you're doing is you're putting out what what spiritual authority God's given you before men and that's going to be your your reward. It's going to be the recognition and the flattery and those types of things and frankly I don't want any of it. I want Christ to get all of that. Christ needs to be glorified. Christ needs to have preeminence. And Christ needs to get everything because he is the one that died on the cross. It wasn't me. It wasn't anyone else. It was Jesus Christ that died on the cross for all of this. And the fact that he's willing to bestow any type of authority onto us is amazing and wonderful and shows how much he loved us and ultimately how much the Father loved us. Okay, so... Again, going back to to John chapter 13 and verse 12, it says, So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. Nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus knew that he was not greater than the Father, but he exercised the authority given to him by the Father, right? We know that we are not greater than Jesus Christ, but we can exercise the authority given to us in Christ Jesus. But we must also come with humility, and we must also come with the attitude of a servant. Why? Because we are servants. If you have any type of ministry, which anyone who believes and is and, and is saved does have a work to do for Jesus Christ and a work to do for God, then you have a service to do. And that's what that word means. To minister means to serve. And it means to serve others. Stop putting people on a pedestal. Stop putting leaders on a pedestal. Stop doing that. We are to serve the body. 
And that's ultimately what we are supposed to do in humility and and in humbleness, the same way that Jesus Christ washed the feet of the disciples. We are to serve and to help and to and to do the things that we need to do for the rest of the congregation and for each other. Because here it even says in verse 14, if I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. It's a symbol. It's a sign of serving one another spiritually, serving one another naturally. Okay. One of the things I used to do as a pastor is, is once a month, I, I would actually try, it might not have been once a month, but but it was as frequently as I could, I would actually make a meal, a larger meal for our for the congregation. That was a small congregation. But the whole point here was to establish that it's my responsibility to serve. Okay, now, if you haven't had my mastacholi, it's pretty good, you know, and I would serve it to the people and I'd make some garlic bread or, or something like that or whatever it was. And ultimately, why? Because allow the greatest among you to serve, right? That's the goal. It's an aspect of serving. It's an outward showing of the way that your heart is. And you don't do it for, for recognition, or but you do it out of love. You do it because you love the people that, that are in the congregation. You love your, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And you do it because it's the, it's the right thing to do and as a show of appreciation for who they are. Amen. You see, we do often do this. We, we talk about pastor appreciation day or this appreciation day or that, but really what needs to happen is that the leaders need to serve the congregation, not just up at the pulpit every week. Okay. Need to actually serve them and show some thankfulness for them and really show how that, that they, what they mean to the kingdom and what they mean to the congregation. Okay. Let him who is greatest among you serve. Okay, and that's what the responsibility that comes with great authority. The higher you get with Christ, the the deeper you go with him, the more into Christ that you get, the greater your spiritual authority becomes, but the greater the responsibility is. To whom much is given, much is required. And don't ever forget that. Amen. So that's kind of a quick overview of spiritual authority and where it's all derived from. Next week, we're going to talk about exercising spiritual authority and what it really means to exercise that in every, in your everyday life. Because when we exercise our spiritual authority, we can begin to see things happen. Okay. So this week's song of the week is off the Hills and Valleys album. It came out in 2017 by Taryn Wells, and the song is called Known. Um, I love this tune. It's a great song. Um, you know, and my, my favorite line is that, you know, it's not one or the other. It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known, fully known, and loved by you. And that is so true, right? When Jesus Christ, and we understand that Christ knows us, and he knows us from the very fiber of our being to the worst that we are, to the best that we are in him, right? It really is a lot of hard truth and ridiculous grace. Amen. So again, I hope you've enjoyed this this episode. I hope that you have time to get with the Lord again. And, and let's start thinking about spiritual authority and how it applies to our lives. And if you're in a position of authority or you're, or you're not, Right, allow people to be to be able to serve you, and if you are, then serve others. Amen. That's it for this week. I hope you have a great week. But then again, just remember this simple truth: the Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless. Mm-hmm.